Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Snap UK podcast. Um, I'm joined this evening by John, Gary, and Griff. Say hello, everyone. Hello, Dan. It's been a few weeks since we last recorded, and we are hurtling towards the 2020 season, whether COVID likes it or not. Um, a few things been going on recently, um, and we'll get into all those details later. But I want to start off with Earl Thomas, who was cut by the Ravens on Sunday after punching a teammate and apparently a litany of issues within the locker room. So John Harbaugh deciding that the team does come does come above kind of individual players and decided to get rid. Gary, I know you're you're a massive Earl Thomas fan. Do you want to see the 49ers? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, I think Earl Thomas five years ago punches a teammate and the teammate, the teammate says sorry. But, you know, Earl Thomas, who, you know, blocked for Derek Henry, you know, at the end of last season in the playoffs, it's a bit of a different matter, isn't it? But yeah. I just don't think he's the player he was. And I think you can't have those indiscretions at the end of your career. Um, you just don't get away with them as much, do you? And if, you know, the Ravens were, you know, if they could win a playoff game, they're very close, aren't they? So anything that disrupts that plan and stops them moving forward, you just get rid of. And it saves them loads of money on the cap. Yeah, so $10 million he was due to be paid this year. The Ravens are, are finding that he has been cut because of, well, like we said, punching a teammate. So they'll, they'll try and avoid having to pay that. Um, and... The only the, the three teams that kind of were, were originally linked to Earl Thomas, 49ers, Texans, the Cowboys. I can't see the 49ers signing because just because of all the personnel issues. I think Lynch and Shanahan have, have worked really hard to create a really positive locker room, which is too big a risk. Jerry Jones has come out and said, no, Cowboys aren't interested. Jerry Jones even slagged uh, Ian Rappaport off, said he knows nothing about it. So that leaves the Texans and then, Probably about two hours ago, I saw a, a rumor on Instagram that said the Browns might be interested in now that Grant Delpit is. Um, well, the actually... Texans will probably trade Deshaun Watson for him, despite the fact he's already left. <laughs> that sounds like a very Texans Bill O'Brien type thing to do. Um, but I think you're right. I think like five years ago, everyone would be falling over themselves to get Old Thomas. But since he fell out with. Um, Pete Carroll in Seattle, everyone's kind of steered clear about, steered clear from him. You know, the Cowboys didn't make a play for him. The Ravens eventually paid him a lot of money, but I think they're regretting that now. Um, and I can't see anyone paying him like close to ten million this season, or even even bare minimum. I think I think he's another another Antonio Brown type case where people are just going to leave clearly or steer clear of it of an insanely talented player. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's competitive sport and in, in trading there were scuffles all the time and if they wanted to keep him they'd have kept him so yeah I, I think this is all he's done is he's given the Ravens an excuse to save themselves 10 million quid uh, 10 million dollars even so yeah um, I assume he's going to end up somewhere yeah, Cleveland or Houston. It's Jags. Yeah. <laughs> My money's on the Patriots. Yeah, that's a good shout. Because we've got no defensive backs left after they all decided it was a time to have a year off. So he'd fit in quite nicely there. 
Have you, how much would you be able to afford to pay this? I know you've raised a bit of cap space, but that would use most of it. It'll be another case of uh, his contract's been voided. Let's give him a one-year deal and ship him off again at the end of the season or before if he's too disruptive. But imagine if he did join. That makes up a big chunk of our issue, doesn't it? You'd be competitive against the Jets, wouldn't you? Now. Yep. <laughs> 4 million quid now. What, in our cap space? Yeah. Well, we can afford him. How much in the cap space? 34 million, according to the cap. Wow. That's insane. It wasn't just the, the hitting of the player that he kind of he's been done for. I think that's almost like the straw that broke the camel's back. Apparently, he was late to a number of meetings, um, a number of training sessions, but also he's generally caused a nuisance of himself within the within the locker room. And I think kind of there were rumours that some players have, have actually called him out and gone to the coach and said they don't want to play with him anymore. So yeah. if all those rumours are true, and especially the point around kind of late to meetings, can you really see Belichick? wanting a player like that i mean yes i i agree i still think he's a talented safety aside from the derrick henry handoff in, in the um in the playoffs he, he didn't hand him off he kind of rode him like a little horsey didn't he no. <laughs> he did make him look pretty stupid i i admit he'll end up somewhere he's too talented a player and he doesn't it's not like he's gone full full antonio brown yet will he really though because Everyone yeah. keeps telling me that Javian Clowney's too good a player to not end up somewhere. And exactly. I don't know where he is at the moment. And what about Des Bryant as well? Was he too talented a player to end up not He's end too up old to anyone to care about him. But even so, like, I mean, but Old Thomas is old as well. Well, Jalen Hurd has um, been injured, isn't he, at the Niners? So we do need a tall wide receiver, Jim. We, we've got one. <laughs> well, Des, Des was working out at the, um, at the Ravens this week, wasn't he? He left without a contract. Left without a contract, but he's, you know, it's not like he's disappeared without a trace. He's working out. He's just... But is anyone excited by the prospect of seeing Des Bryant come back? No. He was a hell of a player. Let's he was. In it, in it, back in the day, he, he really was. But... but he hasn't done anything for two and a half years? Yeah, well, he's he injured for 18 months of it. Yeah, yeah, but that's a lifetime in the NFL. He, he, it's not like he was amazing in his last couple of seasons at, at the Cowboys. When was he last? When was the last time he was any good? 2014. Yeah. Uh, when, was, when was that catch? He was robbed of the <laughs> touchdown when he was quite clearly a touchdown. 13. 13. 12, yeah, 2013. Yeah. So, yeah. That long ago. Bloody hell. Yeah, like it's been a long time since he was a standout wide receiver. There's there's 60 players you'd probably take ahead of him at the moment at wide receiver. So would, would he be worth the gamble? When there's all these young players, you could sign. I'm not sure there's effect. 60 players. Really, 60 players? Yeah, probably. I, I'd imagine. Uh, are you telling me he's inside the top 60 best wide receivers available at the moment? Oh, I bet he's around that number. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, not available. Like, if he was oh. on a roster, he'd be one of the top 60 wide receivers. Yeah, just about. You don't know that. That's my point. We don't know that, but I, I'm I, not I, don't, I also don't know that he's not. No, because... Would you take Des Bryant or Brandon Cooks? Brandon Cooks. Bobby Anderson just got $10 million a year. Yes, he did. Yeah, but he's, he he's far. <laughs> Devin Funchess or Des Bryant? Well, let's, let's, let's touch on a point that Gary made there, that 49ers have had a few injury problems at wide receivers. And this evening, they, they announced that they brought the following wide receivers into workouts. 
Johnny Holton, River Crawcraft, Justin Justin Hardy, and former first round pick Kevin White. And Kevin White, go on, son. And they've, I mean, they've also brought in and signed Taven Austin. I don't know. No, he's at the Bears. Well, he was at the Bears. They've also signed Taven Austin and JJ Nelson. They're not going anywhere near Des Bryant. And to Gary's point, like, He's a good. It's still. He's still a good um, red zone weapon. So that, those those four names, two of them I've not ever heard of. Johnny Holton was at the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what did he do at the Raiders compared to what Des did at, at the Cowboys? I, I think Des's time is gone. I don't think we're going to see him again. Unfortunately, he was a good player in his day, but no, I think that's it. Something that might be um, affecting Earl Thomas is. He does have a court case, uh, which is due on the 3rd of September for his domestic violence. Wasn't that his wife? Um, Caught him and his brother in bed with one yeah. girl or something. Yeah. His wife threatening him. It wasn't actually well, like yeah. usual. We, 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 we associate with domestic violence in the NFL. Yeah, it, it, it's actually the other way around. He was being threatened. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. He, he was being a naughty boy, though. <laughs> I'm not denying that, but he didn't break the law. He's a very naughty. <laughs> he, he broke the code. <laughs> he broke the code. <laughs> <laughs> so other news going on at the moment. So there were something like uh, on Friday last, something about seventy-seven or odd um, COVID tests came back as positive, um, which threw the league into disarray. But it turns out there were seventy-seven false positives. Um, meaning that actually the the testing centre had well managed to bugger up the test basically. Seventy um, seven false positives. That's just like the intro to every Jags like program. If you go to a game. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds about right. But yeah, amongst those kind of was uh, starting quarterback for the Bills, Josh Allen, but also the Cleveland coach Kevin Stefanski. I'm saying that quickly after a few bits. Um, just did. Yeah, granted, it's fine. It's happened now, and kind of when they when they initially released as positive, they went into lockdown. They didn't spread what they thought might be the virus around um, around their respective camps. What happens if, if that false positive and that kind of mess up of testing? What happens if that happens the Saturday before the first Sunday, and suddenly you know one team loses their starting quarterback and another team loses their head coach? What what does the NFL do? Is it fair that they carry, that the Bills carry on without the starting quarterback? Yeah, I think I think you play yeah. your, your second string quarterback and your you know coordinators take control of the game. Yeah, that's on. It's the same as if he goes down with a you know he twists his ankle in practice. You know, they've got, you they've got about fifty nine players in the squad, didn't they? Yeah, fifty three. It went up, didn't it? Did it? We hey, should have. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I admit it's like they get it, it, if they got injured, they have to carry on regardless. But actually, they, they they tested positive, but they weren't positive. It was a false test. Someone bugged it up. It's not fair if like suddenly you lose a whole position group or your head coach the day before the game, and you're going you have to go in, into the game basically un, un well without your head coach or without your quarterback or without your starting left tackle or without. Any number of different positions. Is there a, is there kind of a, an option where the NFL could just suspend games until no. that's been proved positive? Life life isn't virgin. 
Just, well, just got to get over it. Like, I think if we get any football and we manage to conclude the season with COVID, you've got to just, you know, take the rough and the smooth. You know, I, I think I was watching the very start of Hard Knocks and, you know, um, the head coach of the Chargers, um, what's his name, Lynn? Anthony Lynn. Yeah. He, he was saying, like, you know, really, there's, you know, there's the opposition that you're playing against and it's how you manage COVID. Like, they are, you've, the team that manages COVID best may well win, you know, or do much better this year than they would have done other years. Yeah. So, the teams all know the situation. They've got a plan more. They might need you to have your backup ready more than you did previously. You know, you've got to be ready to roll that dice with the number two person in every position. Yeah, you can't no, just have you can't just have Brian Hoyer, you know, pretending to be the opposition all the time. He's got to actually maybe play. Oh, let's hope that never happens. Griff, Brian Hoyer at quarterback instead of Cam Newton this year. I don't think it's going to matter for us to be honest. I, I think uh, we can win or lose with any of the three quarterbacks. I'm, Cam's clearly the best of the three, but you don't know how fit he's going to be. You know, the other two have got what eight starts in the last two seasons between them. One of them is Stidham, who's got no starts. So, it, I don't think it really matters. If Hoyer plays, we've still got a 30% chance of winning because of how good our coaching is. But beyond that, I'll be disappointed if Stidham doesn't get some game time this season because I don't think Cam will be there in two years' time. Rumour has it he's been throwing quite a few interceptions during during practice and Cam, Cam's actually looked a little bit better. Well, that quite was, a, that, injured as well. Did I see he was injured? He did. did. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't appeared on the injury list, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's clear that Cam is going to start the season as the quarterback and they're going to basically give him two games or three games to learn the system in a in a playing environment. Same reason we always start slowly every year because he always lets people play and then uh, sort of sorts them out from there. Clearly, he's the best option. It's just whether he's the best option in the long run, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it would have been a good story if Stidham could have beaten him out in camp, but it was unlikely, wasn't it? With all the restrictions and everything. Well, yeah. Apparently, Stidham is bothered by leg and hip discomfort and has yet to be established if he'll be available for week one against the Dolphins. Luckily. So it could be Brian Hoyer quicker than we thought. So yeah, Cam Newton backed up by Brian Hoyer. That's not something I think anyone saw coming. This That's season. not a game plan you can easily hand from one to the other either, is it? <laughs> really? Well, you won't see Hoyer on red zone anyway. So if you're watching it that way, you won't, it won't matter. Yes, you will. You'll, they always put pick sixes on red zone. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Um, a few other injuries actually kind of cropping up at the moment, and well, actually quite a lot of injuries. A lot. I, you know, I know. Obviously, we've been we've been starved of content for you know a number of weeks now because training or well, preseason hasn't been happening as it as it usually would because COVID's take that taken that away from us. But I, I mean, I, I have a sense that you know not all the players are coming back in the in the right condition for what they should be. They're going. St- almost straight into, well, bar a few practice sessions, in, into kind of padded contact sessions. 
And we're starting to see the injuries rack up now. I, mean, I know the 49ers have seen put a few people in injury reserve. Going through the list on uh, on profootballreference.com, it's a long old scroll. And I know it includes um, all, all the players who have kind of opted out of the season season because of COVID. But is yeah, there a safety th- of the Browns, wasn't there? Yeah, Grant Delpit, the uh, the rookie safety. He's done knee, isn't he? he he's done his uh, yeah. Yeah, ACL. Um, Jalen Hurd of the 40, 49ers, he was looking good again. He's done an ACL in. How many games um, has he ever actually played, though? He's he, ha- he hasn't played any actual games. He he was injured all of last year, and now he's going to be injured all, all of this year. Um, and, you know, there's a few other kind of things that which kind of worry me in terms of, like, the amount of injuries that are occurring. Are players going to be fit and ready? And are we going to see you know, players literally dropping off the field in week one because they're not fully game fit? But didn't they have this concern about when football came back here? And actually, the, the number of injuries hasn't been massively inflated over previous seasons. No, but the games were very slow for the yes. first four weeks. And they aren't, they aren't battering each other, are they? Yeah. I mean, I'm not playing football, so there's not that many big tackles going in in the Premier League anymore, yeah. or a bunch of women. Um, but to Gary's point, they're not actually you know smashing into each other at full pelt. Are we going to see a heck of a lot of injuries this year? Rug- rugby has come back okay, though. Yeah. Fair. I mean, with, with football, there was... Like, Arsenal were affected by... But more hamstring mm-hmm. issues than than usual, but it's just conditioning, and they'll they'll they will get better. They have it's. I don't think there'll be any more, possibly because it's just how it is. They they will get fitter. Um, yeah, I I don't. You, you never you never know. No, it's, it's, you know, I'm trying not to say this is the new normal and all that whole shit. <laughs> But <laughs> let's see if we can go through one podcast or a, a, a COVID cliche. <laughs> it can't be done. <laughs> but it, it, we, we don't know. We, this is these are new times. So yeah, let's see. But especially, I mean, taking COVID aside, you've got the players' union kind of asking for, for less preseason games. Obviously, we're playing no preseason games. Is there enough time, or is there are there enough kind of opportunities for players to get game fit coming into a season, or are we going to see you know weeks one, two, and three just the whole NFL riddled with injuries because players just aren't aren't in the right place where they or where they used to be in oh, terms of, kind of fitness? I think they'll be fit, you know, but there's fit and match fit. You know, I'm sure that all of the players have had you know training regimes to do in the you know the eight to ten weeks leading up to I'm sure they don't just turn up at camp ripped no. you know because you know apart from the like O-line it's not like you see a load of chunkers like running around here you know on hard knocks or you know any pre-season games like they do you know apart from the big the big lads they do turn up reasonably fit so you know I'm sure they will have all been working to their own plans you know these guys live in big houses with gyms in their garden type thing you know it's not like they've just been doing nothing some of them will you know Zeke you know but apart so I, I think they will be fitter than you think you know and I suppose the one good thing about NFL is you know compared to football or rugby is it is a stop start game so 
if you start to feel something's a bit tight or you need a breather because of the rotation system that you've got, you can do that, can't you? You can rotate your players. So it might mean that you, like I say, I think that use of the squad is going to be huge for this year because, you know, you can't just have a great, you know, a great first team with some poor reserves. The balance mm. across the squad may well have a much bigger influence this year. You know, so when you look at depth of squads, then you start looking at, I don't know, the Chiefs, you know, a lot of running back, you know, like, you know, you, do you, you know, like again, even in fantasy this year, taking the top running back is going to be a risk because the first four or five weeks, you know, every every single team could be doing committee, no matter who they are, just because yeah. you don't want to injure them. So, you know, who's got the best one, two running backs? Then, right, okay, well then, you know, that team's got an advantage straight away, hasn't it? As what, what it might happen is, yes, say because of that, it, it won't be the uh, fitness is the issue to start with as as such, but quality because they aren't hitting the ground running. So the first three weeks, it could be, uh, you know, some teams that look dross, but maybe have could be a real leveler. Yeah, exactly. This could be a this could be a completely level playing field. Which is, you know, is going to be good. I mean, horrible for fantasy owners and anyone making predictions. And but, you know, let's. How, how many teams sit in that? You know, when we do our power rankings, how many teams sit between? Well, I know how many teams sit between ten and twenty, but you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, but they, there's lots of teams you could put into that space, is what I mean. You know, rather than. There's 10 teams. I get there's 10 teams. But, you know, you could probably, all of us might come up with 20 teams yeah. that could sit within that space. So those teams, all of a sudden, you know, if they've got two average running backs, you know, and one team above them has got one superb running back and one really poor one, then, you know, that difference of being able to rely on that superb one is just, it's negated, isn't it? I think you're right. I think we all kind of know who kind of when we were doing those power rankings who the top five are and the order might change a little bit but that top five is pretty set and the bottom five is usually pretty set as well but the remainders kind of hit and miss it kind of lots of teams kind of bounce all over the place and then when you throw in the fact that there's an extra playoff place this year as well that's going to make the league really competitive i totally agree good Griff, you're a bit quiet tonight uh well I'm, uh, I haven't had a lot of time to filter the news through my own system. I, I, I couldn't remember whether we discussed the fact that Lamar Miller signed for the Patriots. You were talking about backup running backs. Yeah. And it's basically on the premise that Sonny Michelle may not be available for the start of the season. So we might be using a man who's barely played for two seasons to replace a man who's not really been fully fit in his two seasons. And, just to... Uh, just to... Just to point out, Lamar Miller has been shifted to the active, physical, unable to perform list as he's rehabbing a torn a- ALC. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's not uh, it's not ideal. Um, so I was just looking again at strengths and weaknesses, and in the Patriots, I think it's ex- extremely uh, unusual to see the team not being set. Uh, you know, you you can't pick a quarterback yet, you can't pick the lead running back yet. The, all right, you've got Edelman, who's your number one wide receiver, but he's 58 years old. Like, you don't know, you can name the tight end on the team. It's 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 strange. It's it's just a strange year. Uh, and I have look at a team like the Bucks and go, 
wow, they've got a lot of, you know, you know, what what have they got? Ronald Jones, who was, you know, not as good as everyone thought he was going to be. But then now they've got the Sean McCoy, you know, so actually as a one two, you know, okay, well if one's not doing it or one's not feeling it, you've still got another option. Then you've got Chris Godwin and Gronk and Mike Evans. You know, all of a sudden they become a real viable option, don't they? I think they're going to be an excellent team. I'm definitely not sold on the running back stable. LeSean McCoy didn't make it into the day squad for the Super Bowl on a team that deliberately went and got him because the coach loved him. So I'm not sold on that. And and Jones has been nothing. He's, he's not been worth a mention. So in a team led by a 40-whatever-he-is-now, 41-year-old quarterback, you need legs. And I'm not sure. They, I think that's their... Their biggest weakness is the fact they don't have a dependable running back. They got Peyton Barber as well. Yeah, God, he's still around. There's a reason we didn't mention him. I just think, <laughs> I just think a lot of the New England success, certainly recently, was based around which one of the three running backs or fullbacks on the field was mm. going to get the ball, and they, I don't think they have that option. Uh, so the Bucks are going to be really good, but. They do have a weakness, I think, and that is it. I, you know, and I'd love to see them do well. I don't, I'm not fussed about the fact that Gronk and Brady are there. I really like Bruce Arians. I think it'd be great to see them do well. That's the weakness that they've got. I think is Brady needs someone to just pass the ball to for half the game. Just hand it off. What about the Niners then? With their kind of, we don't know what we're going to do till we get to the line, kind of. <laughs> approach, you know. Um, yeah. You know, we're committee everywhere, aren't we? Committee, I, you know, motion. I really like the Niners, and I think the squad is excellent. I have never, ever, ever been sold on Jimmy G as a leader, and I think that, that is your problem this season. He's he's a good, solid, winning quarterback. As soon as you get under pressure, is he a leader? And I'm not sure we know the answer yet. No, I don't think we do. I think you're right. I think he's. I don't want to say he's the weak. He's a weak link, but no, he's he's certainly not as strong as some of the other position groups that we have. I think the offensive line looks really good. There's loads of really good buzz coming out of the um, out of the training camp about Nick Bosa going up against um, uh, Trent Richardson. Williams. The Williams. Trent Williams, sorry, thank you. Not Trent Richardson, he's not getting another go. In the NFL. Say, it, didn't, it didn't sound right when I was saying that. I was like, oh, no, it's Trent. Um, so, Trent, Trent Darby. Yeah. Trent Darby, yeah. All, all the Trents. Um, Nottingham Trent University. Um, so I, I think there's a lot, but I agree with you, Griff. I, th- I think, you know, if if Jimmy G was, you know, Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, then we, I think we'd be talking about the 49ers very differently. Um, I think they're going to be very strong either, either way. Um, one thing that, kind of, you know, we, we mentioned on the injury um, and we mentioned the lack of preseason. And I think kind of the lack of preseason really has hurt kind of some, you know, the, the rookies who are taken for, you know, sixth, seventh round, but also um, the undrafted rookies as well, who probably don't have the chance because the, the squads have been cut. They don't have the chance to shine in, in those preseason games. Um, and I think kind of if, if you watch the latest is hard knocks, there was a bit of, uh, a bit about Austin Eckler who said, you know, those preseason t- season games were so important for him because that's when he was able to shine. 
if we do go into kind of week one, two, three, and we do see kind of a spate of injuries, is that going to be the time where instead of looking at some old veterans, teams turn to either their practice squad for, for rookies or they go back into the into the into the pool of undrafted rookies and start bringing a few chances who, you know, are we going to see another Philip Lindsay or, or Austin Eckler? I I hope so, because um yeah, like the Eagles bring in a undrafted uh, running back as well who did quite well. Christian Wade's still out there. Yeah. Christian Wade's still out there, yeah. He's still with the Bills, isn't he? Yeah. Why not? You know, if you if you're gonna if you're looking at the free agency and it is, you know, great LaShawn McCoy again, or Jay Ajayi, why not take a chance? Because we we know what they those players can't do. So let's Yeah, let's let's give a chance to some rookies. You know. If you've got a decent scouting department, you should be you should be uh, aware of it. So the Bengals aren't going to do it, but other teams might. <laughs> but I think that also you know harks back to another point Gary made around you know the teams who deal with this season the best are the teams who are going to be planning around COVID. And to your point, are they going to have like okay, we've got all these lists of undrafted rookies who we scouted. You know, as soon as a linebacker goes down, this is the next guy we're going to bring in. Um, or, you know, as soon as the quarterback goes down, fuck, we've got a backup quarterback, but who's going to be our next kind of backup quarterback? I think it's those teams who, like you said, the Bengals are terrible at, at scouting. Um, they should have the number one pick because that's the easiest pick to make every year. But are, are they going to have kind of that depth of kind of knowledge going back into kind of the last college season to really kind of pick up the right players and, you know, spring a few surprises? I like it. I really think... Um... I think fantasy will be very similar as well. Yeah. I think, you know, normally you would try and hold on to, as for as long as you could, your top six, seven picks, because you'll have invested heavily in those. But I think, you know, if a player gets hot this year, you know, I think through trades in the in the waiver wire, I think teams are going to be changing all over the all over the place. You know, I think you're gonna to have to be really agile in your in your leadership of your fantasy team this year. Brilliant. <laughs> that waiver wire is going to be really important this year, isn't it? Like, yeah. to your point, you've got to be on it every week if you want to stand a chance, Griff. I'm just not that bothered. <laughs> I've got other things to do. Oh, oh, you you're say, not going to be you agile that, your leadership of your fantasy team. Like oh, yeah, every Sunday I have no idea what to set, but I'm not prepared to panic about it until the Sunday. That's, that's the problem when it comes to the waiver. Then you will be in the no longer called loser bowl again. Yeah. I'll be releasing all my players for trades and picking up some that waiver wire. So you're talking about the Bengals and their inability to scout. Who's the backup quarterback on the Bengals behind Joe Burrow this year? McCarron? Jim, don't look it up. <laughs> See you moving. No, it's not McCarron. He's at the Texans or somewhere. Um, it's Ryan Finley. Yeah, exactly. Completely inexperienced. What did he get? Three starts or two starts at the end of last year? And then a guy I've never heard of, Jacob Delegala. Never heard of him. I don't uh, know Blake Balls is about, yeah? Blake Balls is still out there. Who's their backup running back behind Joe Mixon? So, uh, they got rid of Bernard. Went, no, Bernard went to the Patri Patriots, didn't he? It's Giovanni Bernard. Oh. Hang on, which one? The other one went to the Patriots. It is Giovanni Bernard. 
uh, who's not been any good for the last three years. No, then, eight years. And then Sam G. P. Ryan. Yeah. Oh, who used to be at the Washington football team. At the Washington football team, absolutely. And so that doesn't strike me as very promising. Uh, and then the wide receiver group. You've got AJ Green coming off a year out. Yeah. Uh, T. Higgins. Yeah. yeah okay. The second round pick. I reckon Fine, but inexperienced. Yeah. And Tyler Boyd, who is hot Dumb and cold Ross. at best every week. Tyler Boyd was sneaky good last year. Didn't he have a 1,000 yards? Yeah. John yeah. Brown. Hot and cold. But then the backup Ross, yeah. to those three are. Was it John Ross, all, was it? John Ross. Names you've never heard. John Ross is a. Is is the fourth wide receiver on the He's quite short though, isn't he? Don't like a short wide receiver. No, we know you don't. <laughs> and then it's the same with the tight end group. There's there's no names there that jump out. CJ Uzama or whatever his name is. So Uzoma? U Z O M A H. Anyone? Griff. Sorry, but like all to give us a news flash that the team that picked first in the draft yeah. are pretty shit. But, but you're, is that what you're, you're telling making us? the point that the backups are going to be important. I'm making the point that the Bengals are going straight back to the number one pick because if what you're saying is true, they've got yeah. no backups. There's nobody there. Their backup left guard is injured and possibly out for the season. They don't have another one. Apparently, they, apparently Burroughs looks really good, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he does. He should be. Do you know who's the number one pick? You, but, the third quarterback for the, the, the Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars is. Uh, okay, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's the well-known Jake Luton. Is he really, really tall? <laughs> I don't know. I think he might be really, really tall. I, I could be thinking of somebody else, but I think that's him. I think, he, but yeah, but they're, they're, their whole quarterback room is well, it's Gardner Minshew and, yeah, and Mike Lennon. Yeah, and Mike Lennon. Joshua Dobbs is fourth on the roster at the moment. Is that where Glennon ended up? Is it? Yeah, that's where Glennon is. And there's a chance he's going to play because, you know, John will probably kick Gardner Minshew into touch. Peterman's available, isn't he? <laughs> there's, a, there's another well-known quarterback who has a bit of a controversial history is also available, whose name shall not be mentioned. Go on then. Who's the backup quarterback at the Seahawks behind Russell Wilson? Because he's never Wilson's yeah. never injured. Probably never going to play, but if he does, that team goes down the pan so fast. Can't believe he's still in the league. Geno Smith. Oh yeah. Uh, Jacob. Uh, sorry, Jake Luton is six foot six, so I thought Pretty he was quite tall, but yeah. Uh, I don't remember why I know who he is, but I don't know. I think I think the point you're making about backup players being important is is going to be extremely relevant, and I think. As we've said, the, the teams with weaker scouting departments, the teams that don't make the good calls on backups are just going to fall apart this year. So that's the Bengals, my fantasy team, the Raiders. It, it is, that's how it's going to be. Oh, the Raiders have got Mariota. Yeah, maybe, maybe a quarterback, but the rest of the squad, I don't know. Has anybody got any faith in the coach there at all, really? I love the season ticket box. I want to be a season ticket holder just for, the, just for that. Box. Have you seen that yet, Griff? No. Delivered in a stadium. Yeah. Uh, do, listeners as well, do, do, do a little uh, YouTube search for that because it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. It is awesome. So, yeah, backups are going to be important. Um, I'm going to move us on to 
a number of new contracts have been signed. I'm struggling. Did we talk about George Kittle on the last show or did we not? Because he's. Yeah, I think we just argued with Duncan about it on um, on WhatsApp. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't believe right. we did. I don't believe we covered it. He, he tried. He tried to make me bite, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so George Kittle has got a new contract. Uh, he is now the best paid tight end in the league. Um, he's average salary of fifteen million. Um, total contract is five years, seventy-five million. Signing bonus, eighteen million. Um, and he was swiftly followed by Travis Kelsey, who the, the Chiefs then wrapped up to an extension on their contract, on his contract, sorry. Um, and he signed a four-year extension and is now worth $57.25 million. So, you know, these two are always compared to each other. Um, Kelsey is, is a little bit older. Um, but I think in both sense, in both players, they're, they're worth paying because I think without them, both teams would, okay, maybe not the Chiefs so much, but certainly the 49ers, they, but they, they wouldn't be as, as explosive about their tight ends. How much is Kelsey on per year then, Jim? Oh, well. Did Kittle keep the title as the best player? Yeah. Did Kelsey? Yeah, he did. Kelsey wasn't as, wasn't as much. No. I don't remember Duncan Duncan bringing that to my attention, I have to admit. Isn't so, um, Skirt's average... about to get a big contract at the Eagles as well for the same reason? Yeah. They're, re, they're redoing it now, aren't they? Yeah, Zach Ertz is, is going to be the next one. So, yeah, um, Kelsey's average salary is $14.3 million and Kittle's is 15 on the dot. Wow. So, not a lot in it, but certainly kind of two, two tight ends. That, well, I, I don't think either team would want to be without. I know I was relieved when the 49ers signed Kittle. Yeah. Money it's well so, spent. Sorry? Money well spent, that is. Very much so. There's so, no better feeling than tight end relief, is there? <laughs> But generally, I think it makes Kittle. I think he wasn't in the top ten of, of wide receiver pay. So, at what point is a tight end worth more than a wide receiver? Because from my point of view, they almost do more than well. Kittle certainly does more than any of our wide receivers in terms of he is an excellent blocker, but he's also an excellent receiver as well. With more players coming out like that, and you know, we've seen premium on the tight end position, are we going to see a rebalance of, of that salary between wide receivers and tight ends in the future? Wow. Well, only the top ones. No. Jimmy Graham was the first one to really redefine that role, wasn't he? Mm. Being a, you know, well, not the first, but, well, you know, Antonio quite, you, know you know, he was, yeah, but he was, you know, there was ones before him, but, you know, in terms of, the last kind of 10 years, Jimmy Graham, you know, he had, you know, huge amounts of yards and touchdowns, yeah. you know, and, you know, he very much was, you know, in essence, a wide receiver who blocked a bit, wasn't he? Um, but there are still some other tight ends out there, which, are, you know, basically blockers that run 10 yards occasionally. So I think there's a, a mixture of both, isn't there? So I think the elite ones will get paid like we've just seen, but I think the rest of them still won't because it depends how versatile they are to the team, doesn't it? What would you prefer? Would you prefer an elite tight end like a Kittle or a Kelsey, or would you prefer an elite wide receiver like Julio, Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins or Michael Thomas? Because I'm not sure. I mean, I know it also depends on, on the type of game you're playing, how important your running game is, but certainly from a 49ers point of view, I think Kittle's much more important than any of our wide receivers. Yeah, but if that's like saying the Patriots could have kept Gronk forever as yeah. key Gronk 
and just work wide receivers around him. But it yeah. only works with the top three or four tight ends. Yeah. The rest of them are not as valuable as the top 20 wide receivers. Yeah, I suppose you're asking, would you take Michael Thomas and Austin Hooper over Kittle and, you know, Debo Samuel? <laughs> I like Debo Samuel. I mean, yeah, I know, but, you know, he's not elite, is he? Not yet. No, it's a fair and, point. And injured as well, probably, no doubt. He is but, injured at the moment, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, but my point is, you, you're talking, again, across the balance of the two, it's just depends where you see the importance to your team. You know, what's your O-line like as well? Because if you've got a great O-line, do you need a blocking tight end? Or does it make the need to invest in it? It helps. It does help. But do you, you know, do you need to pay for that when you could go and get Michael Thomas? Uh, Michael Thomas is a few and far between as well. Let's, Let's be honest. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, you, you've probably got a top five wide receivers who are, you know, generational talents. And then there are some other good wide receivers. Don't get me wrong, but I'd probably take George Kittle over Beckham. Well, based on Beckham's performance last year, yeah, probably, but he was injured. But yeah, he's he does more for the team than than what Beckham did last year for for the Browns, certainly. Mike Evans or Kittle? <sighs> Tough on that. I like Mike Evans. Always did. Anyway, um, a few more contracts. We now have a new highest paid defensive player. Um, Joey Bosa signed a new five-year contract with the LA Chargers. Uh, five years, $135 million. Average salary of $27 million. Um, his cap hit in 2023 is 31 million. That's you know decent quarterback money now. Wow, that's going to help him really try and you know build a fan base. <laughs> well, you say that we've we've both sat here with you know Bosa shirts on, <laughs> admittedly the other Bosa, but you know you have that type of personality in, in the team and you have that. Um, that kind of character, you know, it sells shirts. He'll get a lot of airtime because he'll be on the pitch a lot. <laughs> um, worth it. I mean, I know his his signing has also thrown in uh, a bit of controversy in that Melvin Ingram has also now signed a restructured contract because he got unhappy that he wasn't getting paid as much as um, as his mate. What else have they got? Well, I suppose just... do it whilst you've got a quarterback on a rookie contract. Yeah. Well, yeah, really good point. So, yeah, thinking about that, I mean, yeah, Justin Herbert come towards the, come towards twenty twenty three. He'll be in his fourth year. Yeah, looking to you know resign. So they've That's got the reason that gives them a, a decent window now to kind of make a charge. If Justin Herbert is the real deal, they've, they've probably got probably one of the best. Well, I think one of the top three pass rushers in the league now tied up to a decent contract or well, a long contract. Five years. It's it's great, and it's what you know. It's good for the Chargers that you know they have these players, but it doesn't excite me for if I was a fan because the team's just going to be still going to be crap. But they've got a really good defense. Like they've got Bosa, Ingram, you know, Derwin James, Casey Hay- Hayward at the back. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of them. 
because you know you've got a rookie, you've either got Terod Taylor or a rookie um, quarterback in, in Justin Herbert. But there's some decent players around him as well in terms of you know Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, um, Austin Eckler's a good uh, good running back. So I think we're going to see a very different charge as to what you know the charges we used to see under. Well, under- I, I did see they're um, going to let season ticket holders in, but they're still expecting zero fans for the first game of the season. <laughs> oh, that old joke. Bless them. We've got a new stadium as well now, which is you know quite worth going to the SoFi Stadium. Who uh, who do we think has the better season in Los Angeles this year, Chargers or Rams? Rams. I <laughs> know I've just built up the I've just built up the Chargers, but yeah, I think Rams. What about um, the last year makes you think that they can be good this year? Aaron Donald. Okay, but he was there last year. Yeah, but he's still there. He's still very good. He's not that old at all. No, he's not old. I find them such an uninspiring team. I can't find anything on the Rams that makes me think, okay, they're anything other than uh, just creeping into the playoffs. I I think if you you put them in a different division, you think very differently about the Rams. Yes, of course, but they're not in a different division. Right, well, that's just tough, isn't it? (laughs) You absolutely love Cooper Cup, Griff. Yeah, I do. And if he's there, I will take him again and, and screw up my fantasy team again. But Jared Goff on a slide. Uh, the coach I he's not on, on a slide. slide. He's he's just not not, not that good. Okay, I'll he's take dead. that. That's fine. It's not like he's not like he was like in the top five quarterbacks and has regressed to the mean. His mean is an average quarterback paid like the best. So, would you take J- Jared Groff or, or Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they're much of a muchness. I, yeah, I agree. I, I would take Garoppolo just because I think he still has room to improve, whereas I think John's right, Goff has plateaued already. Already? Yeah, I, I really do. I think John's hit the nail on the head. He wasn't that good. He got made to look good by the system. And this is where he is. I also think... The same with McVeigh. He is very good, but I don't think that he's going to suddenly be really, really great again this season. It could be two or three years before he's got a really good team. He's again. he's definitely punching. If you've seen Hard Knocks, <laughs> I've, I've not seen it this year. No, you should look that up, Griff. It'd be five minutes well spent. <laughs> he should also keep his top on as well. Keep bear that in mind, Griff. Is this a bit where I take my top off? Or? No, please not oh. again. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, oh, wow. Well, he is punching. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I I think I think the Rams are going to have a decent season this year. I think they they had a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, but I think they're going to be a lot better. I think in the last five games at the end of last season, they scored on average thirty points, which is decent. It's better than decent. It's really good, and I think. To Gary's point, they've still got a decent defense as well, led by probably a, a, a future Hall of Famer in, in Aaron Donald. And they've still got Jalen Ramsey at the back there. Actually, they've got a really good, really good secondary. I mean, I will say this Sean McVeigh is not an ugly man, but that that is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is quite, I mean, she only appears to own bikinis. All I'm saying is punching. 
you know we were talking about backups earlier. The Los Angeles Rams backup quarterback is a guy called John Wolford, who sounds like he should be working at like Debenhams. Like, uh, not what? anymore. Well, no. But how how have they got themselves into that position when everyone else can see that Goff isn't that great? It's because they're paying like forty five million quid. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as well, like it may help this year that there's no Gurley, and when because when Gurley was playing, there was the everyone was the attention was all on him whether he was any good, and then when he wasn't on the pitch, of course, all the attention is on why isn't Gurley on the pitch? Yeah, um, but shouldn't but, that make a quarterback better? Like he hasn't got that, he hasn't got that much focus on him, so you know, perform better. Because you're right, he was pretty average last year. He ended the season quite well. But this, is a, this is a quarterback who, you know, this year is going to be paid $28 million. Next year he's on $34 million. Like, I, I think quarterback, I think what we're forgetting is we've named a load of backup quarterbacks today and most of them are terrible or, or completely unproven. So what does this unproven person, you know, you know, what does that unproven quarterback He's so much different to the other one, you know, Gardner Minshew or some nobody or Jared Goff or some nobody. Oh, you know, how many good one-two quarterback combos are we saying we've got that aren't a rookie and somebody else? For Goff, though, the back. So if you go to Miami, you've got Tua and Fitzpatrick, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So then you've got Herbert and Tyrod. Tyrod. Tyrod, and then you've got Baker, Mayfield, and who? Someone right. else. Uh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum, there you go. Actually, you could argue that's one of the better one-two quarterbacks. I would ever. absolutely argue that that's one of the better one-two. Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, the Bears. <laughs> Whilst we're on quarterback, we should probably touch on Alex Smith and the fact that he's actually thrown a football. I have got that on my run notes. Yeah, we absolutely should touch on that and the fact that he's saying yes, I am going to be fit to play this season. And Ron Rivera. Oh, we need to talk about Ron Rivera. And Ron Rivera is basically saying he'll be in the mix once we know he can protect himself. Well, going back to the quickly going back to the Rams, I will just say the O line is still not very good, and yep. Andrew Whitworth is forty-one. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they didn't address that at all. No, I'm telling you, the Rams are going to be no good. And when also while we're talking about backups, the best backup quarterback or quarterback duo is Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton. Yeah, by uh, my yeah, fair fair point. Oh, no, I don't five. worry about them boys all year. <laughs> them boys. <laughs> um, so back to Alex Smith. Then uh, he's come back from what 17 surgeries and a horrendously broken leg. Almost lost his leg. Um, almost died. Um, and now he's back, apparently playing football and, and tossing the pigskin around. So, any bets for anyone else win, win, winning comeback player of the year? Just, if he, he plays. If he gets on the field, that's comeback player of the year, surely. Wrong. It is. If he gets on the field, there's also been an enormous implosion in Washington. Because I would love to see him play, and he's still the best quarterback there. However, that man should not be risking himself on a field this year. Just shouldn't. A, how susceptible must he potentially be to COVID? Like, having had all these drugs and everything in his system, his immunity must be low. That must be a concern. And B, their O-line isn't great. They've just lost their best O-lineman to you. 49 of that is. 
Sorry, 49ers, yeah. And, like, you're going to tell me he's not going to get crushed and re-break that leg? I don't want to see him on the field this year, and I like him. I've defended him as a player. I just, I don't, I really don't want to see it. I don't, you'd be cringing. The first sack he takes, you'd be like, "Um, I'm just going to, I might just look away for a minute. I mean, I, I I agree. A fair play to him for you know having that drive to come back. He said he wasn't done and he wanted to carry on. You know, at the end of the day, he was towards the end of his career anyway. I think a lesser player or a lesser person would have just gone, yeah, fine. I'll, I'll be happy just to walk. But he's gone through it and come back. However, as well as himself, I don't want to be that that first defender that sacks him. Yeah. <laughs> destroyed Alex Smith again. It's like, oh, what an ass! But yeah. like, you know, any edge rusher, any edge rusher, or whoever it might be, is just doing their job. And uh, you don't want to lay that guilt. I mean, whenever there's, there's an injury like that, you always feel bad for the tackler because they're just doing their job. But I think that's even worse. Like you, you've put everyone else in that sort of position. Um, but if he does come back, if he does play well, he needs. 80% of the quarterback he was before he went away, he's the best quarterback on that roster, if you ask me. I think if he's about 30%, he's better than Dwayne Haskins. That's kind of well, generous. I'm not sure you're going to see Dwayne Haskins starting that many games because Ron Rivera had Kyle Allen for several seasons at the Panthers. There's mm-hmm. a reason why he's brought him there. I, I think Kyle Allen could well be ahead of Dwayne Haskins after the first couple of weeks. They'll give Haskins some games, but he, was, he wasn't very good last year, was he? No, and he, he, he didn't ingratiate himself by missing a play because he was off celebrating the fans as well. Exactly. So I don't know. I think. I mean, Washington have got a lot of problems. Let's be honest. But again, that's another team. If we're talking about a guy who's effectively crippled, being their best quarterback, <laughs> and we'll we'll mention Ron Rivera while we're here. They brought in a coach that you would say is a vast improvement, inspiration mm-hmm. guy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, who's now discovered he's got cancer and at any point could miss chunks of the season. Yeah, so uh, news on one of those, diagnosed with a form of skin cancer. He's going to carry on coaching whilst undergoing treatment for, for, for that cancer. Um, I, but A, it's always, always horrible to read that, of course, we wish him all the best. Um, but as a head coach going into that franchise, he's already taken on so much more than just being a head coach in terms of everything going on with COVID, everything going on with the name change. Um, then God knows what, what's been going on with Darius Geis and kicking him off the team. And now he's got this. And he's like, Jesus, just you know, give the guy a break. He's a you know, wildly respected coach. You know, he's... That the Panthers for a good number of years took them to a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl as a player with the Chicago Bears. Um, we all wish him well, but he was I, for me. He was a great hire by Washington, um, and I just hope he, he comes back and he can show just what a good coach he actually is. Yeah, no, yeah. But he's gonna have his, he's gonna have his hands full. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean that, that whole franchise. There's no winning season there is there this year no that the whole franchise needs to be rebuilt almost top to bottom maybe apart from the defense which has got you know a decent defensive line that offense needs a heck of a lot of work probably starting with a new quarterback in the, in the next draft do you not um 
Do you not think, though, with Rivera, bearing in mind all the things you just mentioned, the best thing they can do is say to him, here's a six-year deal like some of these other coaches have had. We're not going to sack you. We're going to let you build this team up because if you chop and change every two years from the position they're in, this team just goes straight to the bottom of the pile every time. They need somebody in charge who has a good reputation, which he does, and just be allowed to get on with it. Almost Bilicek-like or... or uh, Shanahan like like just go and do what you need to do yeah well they've um, got a new president as well haven't they yes they have yeah and I think I think basically Snyder's just trying to you know distance himself a bit and try and give the club to some football people isn't he yes and I think it's the right thing to do um, it, it, it all feels a bit too little too late if I'm perfectly honest but you know yeah, so they hired, they hired Jason Wright as as the president of the Washington football team. It's going to take a, a few years for that to sound normal. Um, so it's yeah, only going to be it for one year. I know. Now I'm going to get rid of, used to something else as well. God knows what that's going to be. I don't want to be in charge of that though. But it's a marketing disaster. Ah. Waiting. <laughs> um, Jim, you'd be great at that. I, I'll just flip a coin and see what happens. Um, the Washington coin flip, maybe. The Washington heads? You can't call them that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there, there are numerous stories about um, other um, minority ownerships, want, minority owners, sorry, wanting Dan Snyder to resign. Uh, he's gone ahead and kind of put in a new president. Um, and th- that, that position in Washington is it's more than just kind of running the running the business of the football team he has a bit more power in terms of actually how the whole football operation is run i think that pairing with ron rivera could work really well i agree with you completely griff i think you know give rivera a good shot at it um i think the good stuff is that he's got jack del rio as one of his assistant head coaches so he's got head coaching experience and can just step into the void um if rivera just needs to take some time off so I think they're kind of as prepared as they possibly can be, um, and yeah, it's one of those it's one of those proper old school franchises that we just want to see do well again. You know, the NFL is better when you know, the Washington football team and the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Giants are all slugging it out in the NFC East. Well, one of the teams should be good at least. <laughs> it would be nice. Uh, how wrong does it look when you see Jason Witten in a Raiders uniform? Oh, God. I don't think you'll see it much. No, well, I'm looking at a picture either. of it at the moment. It's just, it's not right. It's just, it's just such an odd appointment. He's going to be an embarrassment, I think. As long as he's not broadcasting, <laughs> play, play, mate, play every year. <laughs> I don't want to hear your voice no more. Yeah, but that's fire. Like he's. Surely he's made enough money that he can just like not broadcast and not play football anymore because he wasn't that great last year, was he? Oh no, but you know, he was what well, on he, he gets three four million quid to basically shearer it up. That was a play, and uh, we're really glad that you know, yeah, but we really want to score here. Cheers, Jason. Um, just describing what I can see. <laughs> Great. Gonna end 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 the uh, the podcast on, on another on another COVID note. So since we've been gone, yes. the Big Ten um, college franchise, 
college league system. Big Ten and Pac-12 have said they're postponing uh, their all. Oh, is the word you're Sorry. Big Ten college conference. Conference is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, so those two those two conferences are postponing the SEC, the ACC, and um, the Big Twelve. The Big Ten's got fourteen teams in there. Really confusing. Um, anyway, the other three conferences are going on. There's, that means like there's a number of players now, including two of the top three quarterbacks who aren't going to have a season going into the draft. So Trey Lance from North Dakota State and Justin Fields from Ohio State, they're not going to be playing football for a year. And we always get to you know the NFL draft, and you always have those teams that need a quarterback. We've mentioned Washington. Jacksonville could be another one that's looking for a quarterback. You're only going to have one of those top three quarterbacks who, who's going to have game time for Trevor Lawrence this year. How big are they, they cancelling the season then rather than just postponing? Well, they're postponing it to spring. But yeah. how the, the players who aren't going to be playing aren't going to play in spring because they have to then prepare for the combine and then the draft. And, even, and the furthest they can push the draft back is to, I think, the first week in June. So realistically, are you going to carry on playing in spring for your college team or and risking $20, 30000000 million, which could be your 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 first you know paycheck, or are you just going to go into combat, into draft mode and declare for the draft early? And then what impact for those teams picking this does that have? You, you're going to have a, a quarterback who you know has not played for a year or are not developed and not kind of seen any video and, we talked about Dwayne Haskins being – he's a first-round quarterback and he had a full college career and he's probably going to be turning out to be a bit of a bust. Would you want your team picking a top quarterback next year or any top player next year, really, the way things are going? Well, there'll be some that it's still fairly obvious you've got to take and some will benefit from the rest, but um, I can't see a lot of these big players playing – but some of them have signed a petition, haven't they, to overturn the decisions at their colleges. So, I mean, it's just going to be trouble upon trouble upon trouble. This, you're not ever going to hear the end of this. You're going to get, for years, you're going to hear, well, this player would have been great if not for this, or this player would never have been drafted so highly if this hadn't happened. It's just going to, it's going to go on until we are bored of it. You're not bored of it already. Yeah. If, the, if the draft was a science, then, <laughs> then that'd be fine. It's not. It's it's still hugely based upon chart scouting and charts, and so it will have an effect. There's no kid, not but you know the 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 players that are going to be going through it. They should have enough on tape. You know, if it if if they come in and they bust, well, it might be. It's just giving people excuses, but. You know, it's 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 not like they're injured; they're just not playing. So yeah, you know, just scout properly. The draft is just the biggest pseudoscience there is, apart from the combine. So <laughs> yeah, what, running around in your underpants is not science. It's no. But my teacher said. <laughs> the thing is, though, like the t- the. the Colleges that aren't playing are going, oh, we're going to lose 80 million quid or whatever it is. Which, of course, if those excuses come up, then the argument of why the kids aren't being paid needs to be uh, answered because uh, the uh, the money being lost to football shouldn't be just, 
ignored because uh, these kids should be getting some of it. Yeah, I agree. That's all, that'll always be something I agree with. They should at least be uh, invested in in some way when they're producing yeah. so much for the colleges, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, the, those changes are in terms of their image rights. Uh, the control of that is going more to the players now than it is to, to the colleges. So moving forward, they'll be able to, you know, they're not obviously not going to get paid. That's never going to be a thing. They, they get paid by having a scholarship to college. Yeah, as good as that might be for them, um, but they will have the the rights to their own images, which you know you'd think is a basic human necess- necessity. Um, so they can trade off that in terms of you know appearance, money, or inclusion into video games, for example. So they'll they'll start. I think that there are changes afoot in that terms. Yeah, which is good. It's the right thing to yeah. do. The the NCAA is a bit of a yeah, you, well, we think the NFL is bad as an organisation in terms of um, ethics, and the uh, NCAA doesn't exactly bode well. But there, I mean, there are other kind of I'm going to throw some names at you just to kind of watch, start watching out for that players who have kind of opted out of the college season as well. So Gregory Gregory Rousseau, uh, edge rusher, probably the top edge rusher um, in, in the draft. Caleb Farley, cornerback, Sajirat, wide receiver. Uh, and Mika Parsons, Penn State linebacker, all players that aren't the Nuggets' in the college season. Um, on the be- on the be- on the benefit is that they're not going to get injured. So we saw we've seen players like kind of Jalen Smith, the linebacker of the Cowboys, his his draft stock dropped when he absolutely ruined his knee for, for for Notre Dame. So there's there's swings and roundabouts, isn't there? But, yeah, yeah. You, you look at someone like Derek Henry, and one of the things held against him is the mileage that was put on him in college and there's going to be a whole year of kids who don't have that mm. yeah that's very true that that benefits them it's it, look nobody nobody has any idea and like Don rightly points out it's not a science they'll still be able to get most of these decisions as correct as they ever do it's just uh, interesting that all the colleges haven't gone the same way I thought once one went, they would all go. They were just waiting for someone to go first. And I'm astounded that that isn't the case. Yeah. Also, let's have an NCAA video game again. As you mentioned, because the, they were good. Yeah, they were, actually, they were better than the, uh, the Madden franchise. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've had one of those about seven years now. Let's, let's have one of those back. If you're listening, EA or 2K. <laughs> I just you know, one one game that syncs both Madden and the NCA it would be perfect. But then yeah. you need to buy one again. Um, anyone else got anything else they want to discuss? No, Take not it. really. Let's go to sleep. Oh, crowds! We've mentioned the crowds. Crowd. On and off, we've mentioned it. Because of course, Miami are going to have like thirteen thousand, and uh, Sean McDermott says that's unfair because there at no point are the Bills going to have any fans. So. It's just something to bring up. But, yeah. See, again, this is a case of if one team said we're not happy having any, they should all have been together in not having any. Yeah. But they're not. Or if one team said, look, we think 5,000 is a safe number, there should have been a conversation, right? Everyone's going to have the same. Because the whole yeah. point of the NFL is it's about parity. They try and have parity. And if you have a crowd, it does give you a very minor advantage as a rule, unless you're terrible and then they're on your back. But 
I can't see how they can have different rules for different states on this. It needs to be America in. just America just works like that. I know. Yeah. Then why don't okay. the NFL step in and say, look, we get to Griff's point. We 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 work on parity, so no one's going to have any crowds. Like crowd play, an important point. You think about going into Seattle, and you know, if you're the if you're the offense of the opposing team, like the amount of preparation you have to do in advance of that, because the the, the ground is so noisy. You don't have to do that again. Seattle is going to be Seattle's one of those teams that are going to be. If there's no fans there, that's going to make a massive difference. I think. Do you think? Do you think Goodell is going to go to the owners that are headed into a season without any gate receipts and tell them they can't have the amount that they've been allowed by the? They don't make state? that much. From, they don't make that much from gates. It's all about TV. Yeah, it's all about TV. Um, I, I agree, Griff. Like the, the NFL should have come out and said, look. We're going to have one rule, and that's good. That's that's how we're going to play it. But as it is, you're going to have some stadiums are going to have some people in, other stadiums are going to have more people in, and other stadiums are going to have no people in. And it's just something we, we as spectators at home, we're going to have to get used to. Obviously, no games in London this year, which is sad. Um, yeah. I'm not sad that the ja- I'm going to miss a Jags game. <laughs> I like I like the games. I don't need to see the Jags again uh, for a couple of years. That's fine. <laughs> You'll be happy with that. I'm with John. You know, it's a good day out. It's good fun. But yeah, whilst the Jags, I'll wait for 2021. Cool. Anything else? Or are we done? I think we're done. I think we're done. So it is 15 days, one hour and 58 minutes until the NFL kicks off. Um, we're, I know, I just looked that up. Um, we're going to try and be back in the next couple of weeks with some NFC and AFC previews. Um, but until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And good night. See you later. Bye.